Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. We are here interviewing Carlene Eve Fisher-Hoffman, also known as the Clutter Doctor. Uh, So welcome, Carlene. Hey there. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's good to see you. Um, So tell us who you are and and a little bit about what you do. Okay. So um, as you already said, my name's Carlene Eve Fisher-Hoffman. And I'm a professional organizer and the owner of A Clutter Doctor, Inc. That's the name of my business. And I started that over 20 years ago. I'm also a Reiki master. And I have a practice in East Long Meadow called Carlene Hoffman Holistic Healing. Awesome. Awesome. So um, tell me a little bit about how did those two practices overlap? Do you notice how your Reiki practice um, influences your your uh, clutter and organizational business? Because um, I'm, I'm a firm believer that Reiki tends to blend with all of our all of the things that we normally are interested in and passionate about so I'm curious how um, how Reiki and um, in the organizational and decluttering works for you I think it just uh, gives you a better attitude when you're going out to clients because you're more calm and relaxed about different situations because I practice Reiki Um, and then I find of course as you know, people come to see you and they receive Reiki and then they themselves are relaxed and feeling better about themselves when they're leaving your office. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's like we get we get the benefit when the client gets the benefit. Too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do um, a lot of your do you have crossover with your organizational clients as well as with your uh, do they come in when they're getting decluttered and organized do they come in for reiki sessions as well sometimes they do yes yep it just depends on the person and what their uh situation is and whether or not reiki is something that they're interested in yeah that's always what it comes down to it's like if you're into it you're into it if you're not you know that's cool that's really neat um so i'm i'm really curious as to um as to the the uh, the clutter doctor work that you do, um, because I, there is such a huge trend right now in minimalism, with the Marie Kondo movement, with the, um, with even the show Hoarders, which my mom was really obsessed with for a long time. Um, but what? Why do you think this is all happening? What? What is the? What is this kind of decluttering movement all about? I think that. Um People just are sick of having all of this stuff hanging around. And a lot of times maybe the items represent a special time in their life or a time that they spent as a child, time spent with their parents, their relatives, maybe a special friend. And then those times represent your memories. And they could be happy or they can be sad. And when you have all that clutter around, it brings on 
those different emotions. Mm, yeah. Uh, do you think people are swirling around those emotions when they're, they're kind of sitting in all that stuff? Yes. So when you have all that clutter hanging around, it's blocking your energy. And so then when you let go of the clutter and you get a little more organized, it frees up the energy, it frees up your space, it frees up your mind to think about other things that are more important in your life. Mm, so it's almost like an external stagnancy. Yeah. That's really interesting. So um, tell me a little bit about, can you can you walk us through a little bit about what, what the work is that you do? So I'm sure, I mean, I probably have a very glamorized idea of, of what you do when you go to people's homes and things like that. But um, what's, a, what's a day in the life of, of the clutter doctor? So yeah, I do find that a lot of people um, find it may find it more like you said glamorized. Um, it, a professional organizer's job it's a, it's a it's tough work. It's really tough work. Um, so a typical day, maybe I get up, I might go and work out. I play with my Scotch Terrier for a little while. Aww. I'll check in with Brad. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of get the day rolling, and then I go to work and. I don't wear a cute little outfit like you may see on the TV if you're watching Oprah or any of those shows. (laughs) I'm wearing ugly, crappy clothes because the job is dirty work. And it doesn't matter what area you're working in, you're always encountering some sort of a mess. Mm. It could just be um, surface dust or it could be down and dirty, like, mice nests and things like that oh wow so it can get pretty yucky (laughs) so uh, is a huge part of your work going out and and really like digging and cleaning layers and layers of stuff is it do you work with people who kind of have uh, more extreme hoarding tendencies or is it sort of uh the clutter just feels a little bit claustrophobic or how what's kind of the range of folks that tend that you tend I mean how how dirty how dirty is it how dirty is it (laughs) um so it's different for everybody so some people call and they just have you know one area in the home that they would like to tackle um they're pretty much on track everywhere else but then I have other people you know it's a few rooms it's the entire house it may just be surface clutter or it could be down and dirty like years and years of accumulation so it's different everybody's situation is different but what's really interesting is that no matter how much clutter you have or how little you have everybody feels the same way about it which is crappy (laughs) (laughs) and they're like I don't want this anymore they don't want it anymore they want to live a healthier life yeah what at what what's the breaking point for people how how, like how what do you when they've come to you what what's that point that they've reached well again it's different for everybody um maybe there was a death in the family or they moved they upsized they downsized um, maybe they had a change in their family situation, their kids went off to college, or just sometimes they've just plain old, they've had it. That's it. They've had it. I can't do this anymore. I need to get some help. And you're that help. And I'm that help. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how, how did you get into this work? Or have you always been just a super organized person? Yeah, so growing up, I definitely was super organized. I was always you know, rearranging my room and making sure my stuffed animals were lined up just so. And um, we would go on trips to the Cape and I wouldn't go outside and play until everything was unpacked and put away. Stuff like that. But really what happened was um, years ago, my mom had gotten herself into a little pickle. So my grandfather passed away, her cat got out and never came back, mm. and I got married. And while marriage is supposed to be, yahoo, <laughs> um, I think it made my mom upset because I'm an only child. And right. so she became an empty nester. And all these things happened in such a short amount of time that my mom, I think, got depressed. And she started buying and hoarding things so much so that she couldn't sleep in her bedroom at night. She started sleeping on a couch. Oh, wow. So I started going over and helping her go through her stuff, getting organized, and just sort of talking with her about different things. And that was the time that I realized, hey, I have this gift, and I wonder if there's anybody else out there that could use this type of service. And so I couldn't really answer that question, but I found out about a business class that taught you how to research an idea, uh, how to do a market analysis, how to write a business plan. And I took it and went through the whole process. And at the end, I still had no idea if it was something that would work or not. <laughs> But I liked it so much, I decided I would do it anyway. And at that time, I was working this really fabulous corporate job. So I stuck with the corporate job, and I did the clutter doctor part-time while I built it up. And as I started building, it turns out that um, I built it enough where I could probably leave my job, but I love that job. And so... I didn't know what I was going to do, and I ended up getting laid off. Um, the place that I worked at had a major downsize, and because I was one of the last people hired, I was one of the first to go. Yeah, last so, in, first, first out. out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's really challenging. So the universe kind of said, hey, you know, it's like this is popular, and you love this, so we, they, the universe kind of helped you make the choice a little right, bit. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It was good, too, because I was getting pretty stressed out myself trying to juggle both trying to juggle both it was a lot and I worked in um Windsor Connecticut and a lot of my clients were here in Western Mass so there was a lot of driving and trying to connect everything um and so do you do you have for your your business now for the clutter doctor and if you're just tuning in we're chatting with Carlene Eve Fisher Hoffman who is a Reiki master as well as clutter the clutter doctor um, and do you do you have a um, a a region that you that you work for your organizational business I know you said your your Reiki office is in East Longmeadow do you have a, a kind of like 20 or 50 mile radius that you work with people? So I do uh, Northern Connecticut and the majority of Western Mass. Okay. So yeah. that's just any basically within like a day's driving. Um, an hour. 
an hour. Yeah. 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 I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of uh, decluttering that needs to happen within an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you, you feel really passionate about how, how differently you work than the Marie Kondo method, which is kind of this worldwide phenomenon. And, you know, she's got her own television show. And um, I guess tell us a little bit of the, the difference between what, what you experience in your work and how you work versus kind of what, what she does and what people are witnessing through that, through her books and stuff. Okay. So basically what happens, um, I'll take you through a process and then I'll turn around and bring in Marie. So somebody gives me a call. Um, they're stressed out about their clutter. I go to their home for an initial consultation. It gives me an opportunity to see their space and talk to them about what their goals are. If they're not sure about their goals, then we come up with a game plan. And then, of course, that consultation gives them an opportunity to meet me and see if I'm somebody that they think, you know, we can get along with, work well together, that kind of thing. So then what happens is I go back and I work with my clients. I work with them. I work with them one-on-one to go through every single item and help them decide what should stay and what should go. They make all the decisions, but what's different is that I help guide them to a decision by asking them certain questions about the items that we're looking at. Some of the questions... Um, the listeners have probably heard before, how long have you had it? When was the last time you used it? All that kind of stuff. But then there's other thought-provoking questions that may come in depending on the situation. I also find that sometimes just by somebody giving me uh a description or a story about this shirt we're looking at that once they say the story they're actually able to let that item go they just needed to tell somebody about it it just needed to be witnessed yes exactly so now we bring in you know who so doing this process is not about putting things in pretty baskets and bins and calling it the day. There is a a process that you have to go through in order for it to work for the client and for it to stick with the client. So one of the things, all right, so there's a couple things. So you have the book, the book, and you go through the book and it tells you, um, let's say we're working on the closet. Um, she describes taking your closet and completely emptying it out and only putting things back in that spark joy. Okay. So first of all, if I make my clients empty out my their closet all at one time, that would just be way too overwhelming for them. You can't have a big pile of stuff out and expect somebody to just go through it and get it done. It doesn't happen that way. The other thing is that when we're talking about sparking joy, all right, most of the people that call me, as we just said, they're stressed out, they're overwhelmed. They're not going to know if this shirt sparks joy with them or not because they're overwhelmed. Right. They're like, their meter is off at that point. Totally. Yes. Their meter is completely off. So those types of things do not work. Um, 
Are there a couple things in that book that are notable? Yes, but I would say the majority of the items and the, the suggestions, the methods, the word, that's the word I'm looking for, the methods are not true to what a professional organizer um, would offer up to their clients. So if you, if you choose to not take everything out of the closet all at once and overwhelm, um, overwhelm your cli- clients, how, what method would you use if somebody's closet is overflowing and packed with stuff and there's, you know, six or 12 inches of stuff on the floor? And what, how, how do you approach, what's, what's your approach there? So with, I'll give away one piece of the can- candy dish. So with any area that you're working on, you're going to start from the top and work towards the bottom. Yeah. And you're going to start from the left and work towards the right because most of us read from left to right. So you're reading the closet. You're reading the closet. So you're going to start at the top left-hand corner of the closet and work your way towards the right. And you're only going to work for a little bit of time. You're not going to say, I'm going to take the day and go through my closet because it's, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. You're going to get too overwhelmed. And what happens when you get overwhelmed? You know, you get stressed and you get tired. I usually take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> so then, <laughs> Or I just go, I'll go out and get a cup of coffee. You're out of here. Yeah. 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 So you're stressed and overwhelmed. And so when you feel like that, then you're not working to your capacity. So okay. then it's not, it's not worth doing the rest of the job so you only work for little bits of time little bits of time meaning what like two hours i typically put a two-hour cap on it but if a client is working by themselves i might go as low as one hour just because you can get distracted so how on earth do you do an entire house just two hours at a time that must take like a year it does yeah, it does. Or well, and it, but again, it it depends on the individual, how motivated they are, yep. how um, healthy they are, how you attached know, to the stuff they are. If it's not attached, their stuff, it might not be a big deal, right? And then, um, how cluttered is the home? Is it surface clutter, or is it twenty years of clutter in every room? So it, you know, it varies. Sometimes you can whip through the house pretty fast. Yeah. But it just depends, again, on on the situation. So, Carlene, you mentioned that people have different objectives within the house, you know, within their kind of organizing and decluttering. What are the different objectives that people want or their individual goals that they're looking to achieve when they come to work with you or do a consultation? Mostly people just want to live a better life. They want to be more organized. They know that when you're organized, you leave a, lead a more productive life. Um, you're not as stressed. You're not thinking about what's in those piles. Um, and then just everybody's situation is different. So not everybody wants their closet organized. Maybe it's their kitchen, you know, whatever. It's different for everybody. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting. I, yeah, I, my mom is, she has a lot of stuff, but she's very, very organized and she's very, very clean. So when you walk into the home, you would never think, oh my gosh, like she has a ton of stuff. It's only really when you start 
kind of realizing that, wow, this whole display cabinet and then this whole surface and that whole area, because there's enough open space that it doesn't feel overwhelming. But, you know, my mom loves to make this joke that, you know, when she dies, this will all be ours. <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, you know, so I think she kind of goes in phases where she will, you know, have a big yard sale. And she she's kind of aware, you know, like I mentioned, she used to be really obsessed with watching the hoarders show. Right. Um, so she kind of goes in little spurts. But like, you know, there there's a lot of really strong emotional stuff that she has uh, connected to these items, these collections, because right. they're very much on display for her. Um so one of the things that I wanted to make sure I mentioned, um, you just uh, reminded me of it, the hoarders, the TV shows. So not only with um, the woman we just mentioned early, earlier, but when we're talking about those TV shows, you have to realize that those sh shows are there to provide entertainment for you. And so a lot of times the things that happen on those shows are blown out of proportion. Is the clutter real? Yes, the clutter is real. But the way the situation is handled is handled a lot differently than what you would see on TV. We're never going to make you get rid of something unless it's something that we feel or I would feel would be unhealthy. So it's a piece of trash or it's outdated medicine. Um, the other thing is that there was one show where it was um, uh, some sort of a clutter race and they would dump the people's clutter out onto the front lawn and you would only have a certain amount of time to go through your things and what you didn't get through, oh, well, guess you didn't need it. Oh, man, that sounds like That's a recipe for hardcore. trauma. <laughs> right. So exactly for trauma. So we don't do that. Okay, there's, there's, there's just no races. There's no, no races. And um, when you mention trauma, that's another thing to bring up. A lot of times families will come in and they'll want to help um, their relative get organized. And I'm really sorry to have to tell you this, folks, but that's not up to you to do unless your relative is completely open to it and... You have to remember that the decisions that are being made are not your decisions to make. They're your relatives' decisions to make. Otherwise, we'll have a situation on our hands. The word you just mentioned, I can't think of it. Trauma. The trauma. <laughs> <laughs> they will be trauma traumatized. Literally, they will. Seriously. So, so you know, it, it is really hard, though, to see your loved one have their house gradually over time get fuller and fuller and fuller. As somebody who is a professional organizer, how do you support the family members who are watching their loved one experience this collection of stuff? Um, like, how do you balance that? Or how do you support the family members? Or, I mean, do you just tell them to back off? Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. But I also talk with them as well to see if there's any particular areas that they they feel are more uh, important to work on or more of a um, immediate situation, something that they want handled first. Okay, like and if then, the kitchen is like yeah, the really kitchen, like let's say. dangerous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
or um, just um, in general, sometimes when you get in situations, if there's a lot of things on the floor, you know, you can trip and fall. Or if there's things in the kitchen that are close to the stove, maybe they need to get moved so it wouldn't cause a fire. So just sort of being mindful and talking to the family members about that kind of thing. But as far as the actual work goes, I pretty much shoo them out. Yeah, because it's like you said, it has to be the family, the person whose stuff it is to make that decision. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that sounds kind of like a nice way of balancing the kind of uh, things that are important to the family members and making sure their needs are met or at least heard. Right. And kind of keeping that um, that on the periphery as you're working with that individual. Yep. Do, do people, is, does this, ha- does this um, kind of like hoarding or kind of over clutter kind of lifestyle? Because I, I feel like hoarding is sort of one end of the spectrum. And then there's people that maybe just have a little bit too much stuff or maybe they're disorganized. Um, I feel like there's a whole probably spectrum of people that you work with. Um, but is there um, is there I kind of lost my train of thought there, but I guess um, does it happen more as people age or is it kind of does it affect everyone of, of all ages? Like what does a, like a little child experience hoarding as well as somebody who is like older? Um, I haven't really seen it in children, um, but I have seen it in young adults. Um, I Young adults, like in their 20s? In their 20s. So I um, was working with a college student that moved into a new dorm room, and she was on a, on the verge of hoarding. So it, it can happen anytime. Um, you have to understand that hoarding, there's always some sort of a psychological thing behind it that um, caused them to be this way maybe there was a death in the family so they're having those items around to kind of cozy them up keep them company it's kind of like a little nest yeah yeah do people is there a change? Are people able to maintain the change after they come in when they start to like let things go? Right. And so um, when we get back to who we were talking about earlier, that's kind of what I was getting at. So if you don't have the right foundation um, to begin with, with this whole process, then you're probably not going to stay organized on the other end. That's why it's important to get help and work with a professional that's used to doing this kind of thing. Because we teach you the tips and tricks that you need to carry on after we're gone. And if you set up a system correctly, it should carry you on unless you have a life event. And what I mean by that is sometimes we may set up a system that works out well now, but maybe your family situation changes down the road and you may have to adjust that system to meet your current needs. So if you're a family of four and I came and I organized your kitchen while you were a family of four and then 
you are now an empty nester and it's just the two of you, that kitchen situation is going to change. Absolutely. You're not going to need sippy cups anymore if you're right. just one adult. Right. You're not going to need like the plastic kids plates, you know, or, or 12 plates or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the systems have to change as you go through your life and and that's okay. And even with that, you're still learning, as I mentioned, the tips and the tricks. So you're, uh, those certain things you're, you're going to carry with you throughout your time. I'm really so curious as to some of your, your field stories, because walking into ho- people's homes is always uh, very intimate. Anyways, when you're walking into people's spaces, their domestic spaces, um, but you're there to like dig and to reorganize and help people detach from their emotional connection that they have with a lot of this stuff that they are trying to shift away from. Um, so I, I would love to hear about any kind of, um, I don't know, you share what you want. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I want your horror <laughs> stories, but whatever you find. Um, uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about what it's like, uh, some of your experiences. So this will be interesting because my husband's sitting next to me in the studio and I know that some of the stories I'm going to share, I haven't told him. Uh-oh. <laughs> so this will be fun. Um, so you never know what you're going to get into. You never know what you're going to find. Um, I have a hoarding story. One hoarding story was I had this uh, lovely lady call and um, wanted me to come to check out her house. It was an initial consultation, and it was it was probably the worst hoarding that I've seen in the history of the clutter doctor. Um, I walked in. And mind and you, you've been doing this for 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I started pretty young. Um, it was wall-to-wall paper. And... Not stuff, papers, and it was pathways through our house. or just like any Any kind of paper. Yeah. Yep. And all over the kitchen table, it was on top of the stove, in the sinks. It was nuts. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely nuts. Um, I tried working with her a couple of times, and that was pretty much the breaking point for me. I couldn't, I just couldn't help her. I was trying to do um, what we call... Um, collaborative therapy with her but just uh that one was a tough one but so what is the collaborative therapy when a professional organizer works with the client and with their therapist oh interesting yeah and is it on site is the therapist on site or is it more like off the scenes phone calls between you and the therapist off the scenes phone calls gotcha yep so yeah. you kind of get some understanding from the therapist with the with the client's consent. Yes, of course, correct. So you're going through. You're at somebody's home. You're going through things. You never know what's going to happen. And one time I was working with a fellow. He is a an accountant, and I was working in his home office, and I was going through some stuff. <laughs> and, and I found a pair of men's underwear. And I'm thinking, why is there a pair of men's underwear in this fellow's office? Yeah, that seems like out of place. It was out of place, but more importantly, it was what was inside the underwear. Uh Uh-oh. And it was a gun. Oh, my gosh. Yep. 
And uh, he was thinking that like the underwear would stop most people from touching it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. And so you know, you keep going, and I'm like, oh, I I found this. Um, do you have a special spot you'd like to put it? You Referring know? to the gun or yeah, the underwear? Yeah, both. <laughs> So apparently that's what he used to clean his guns with because underwear is a nice soft cotton. Yeah. That was the story he told you. That was the story he told me. (laughs) Um, One time I was working in a female's bedroom and we were going through the nightstands and I found a vibrator. Sure. And didn't, that I did not, I just, I let it go. He just says, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll leave it here. I'm not even going to mention it. Yeah. Because I knew that she would be horrified. So I just scooted around it. Yeah. One time I got called out to someone's house, and it was the scariest thing that ever happened. I, I went to this house. It felt like it was in the middle of nowhere. It was like a day like today. It was gloomy. It was raining. It was at dusk. It was like a movie waiting to happen. And I walk in and there's clutter all over the place. And it couldn't be anything on the first floor. It had to be something in the basement. And it was one of those creepy basements. And it was all cement and a lot of stuff. And it had these stairs that were really narrow. And the thoughts go through your mind like, oh, my God, you know, I could get killed here. Right. Yeah. Because it's know, just you. You're, you're an independent person right, going to homes. Right. Yeah. And uh, it was a man that had called. So it was a man showing me the basement. And I, I got out of there so quick, you would not believe. And I did not go back. I just. You're like, this is not the right fit for not me. Not the right fit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, I yeah, you have to be careful and you have to be mindful and intuitive when you're doing any kind of work like that. Like you said, you're coming into people's homes and, you know, you never know what you're going to find. Right, yeah. right. So those are some stories. Wow. Yeah. 20 years. What kept you going for so many years? What What's the what, What's the spark in, in that for you? I really like doing it. And yeah. I like the fact that I'm helping people live a better life. And I like that. And I like that. The work is different every time I go, and the people that I work with are different. Um, I may do a closet for you. I may do a closet for somebody else. But You've got a closet at Valley Free Radio if hey. you do. <laughs> um, but the way I go about it may be different because I do, you know, I work and customize to you and how you work and how you live your life. So what... I may set up for you or suggest for you may not be good for somebody else. It's different for everybody. How do you feel at any time like, oh, man, I just want to clean like for like a friend or something like that. Do you ever just feel like, oh, man, like I want to get in there and I want to clean that person's car or I want to clean this person's closet for them? Or do you feel like you're pretty good at restraining, letting a mess be a mess? Um, that's always like a weird, a weird, um, question situation. I don't know. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but 
you know, you have, you have friends. I have friends. We all have friends, okay? They know I'm the clutter doctor. They know I go and I help people get organized. And I go to their home. And what's the first thing that they say to me? You know, my friend, oh, don't look at the kitchen table or don't go in the bedroom or whatever because, <laughs> you know, I'm the clutter doctor. Right. Well, they don't understand, you know, I'm off work. And right. so I'm here to see you and to be with you. And I don't care how your house looks like. I'm just here for that right so i'm usually off duty more often what happens is say we're going to somebody brad and i are going to somebody new a newer friend you know we just met somebody they've invited us invited us over for dinner i'm not looking at the clutter i'm looking at gee what's the paint on that wall and, you know, how did they decorate their living room? You know, I'm looking at all the details and the the yummy decorating stuff. That's what I'm always checking out. Yeah, when people are inviting you to their home, you're like looking at design. Yeah, and, the yeah. design aspect of it. I don't care about the clutter part. You're looking for beauty when you're off duty. And when you're when you're working, you're looking for the, the clutter and the disorganization. You got it. I yeah. Like that. that sounds so fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a very organized person as well. And sometimes I see things and I'm just... I, I've learned as I've gotten older that it, there's certain parts of my world that I can leave alone, yes. but I see them. It doesn't meet, stop me from seeing the mess, but I just, I can walk by it now. And that's something to keep in mind too, that when you're going through your items, um, first of all, this isn't a race to throw every single thing out that you own. It's not about how much stuff you can get rid of. Um, it's not about the article on Facebook that says you can leave a better life if you get rid of 10 things a day. It, it's not about any of that. And by the way, that method doesn't work. So don't start doing it when, <laughs> you know, you're done listening to the show. Yeah. Um, that's not the clutter doctor approved. No, no. And now <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, um, yeah. it's just about, um, you're going to have attachments to certain things. Okay, and you may not be able to let go of everything. There are going to be things that you're just not going to be able to let go for various reasons. I have a pink plastic dish that people hear me talk about. I refuse to get rid of it. And it provides no use in my home, but because there's a memory attached to it, I'm going to keep it. Okay, maybe over time I might be able to let it go. But so far, I haven't. And, and when, so you have a death in the family and you're going through their things. There's going to be things that you're not going to be able to let go of. But down the road, as time passes, you may be able to let that go. You may be or, able to unhook from it. Right, yeah. Yeah. Or else you just may not be able to let it go, period. There's just going to be those things. And that's okay. Do you find, and so I know that, you know, you, you work really closely with people um, who have these kind of emotional attachments to these individual items, um, and then at some point it gets too overwhelming for them or too disorganized and, you know, kind of help them help them shift with that. Do you ever find that um, that 
people's stuff is storing any kind of spirit or is that you know what I mean or like little ghostly things um, that have attachments to the spiritual world at all do you do you come across those items as well or is that a little outside of the the realm of what you do um mostly outside of the realm of what I do however I will not say that I've never come across something that sort of I don't know, intuitively made me feel a certain way. I'm not saying it made me feel good or bad, just that it made me feel a certain way. And I think it's just because I'm a Reiki master. I feel like I have more of an intuitive type of thing than, say, my husband, Brad. Yeah, you're very sensitive yeah, to the work I'm, that you I do. Think, I yeah. feel like I'm a little more sensitive. So there's been occasions where I've touched something or come across something and just haven't felt, you know, I felt something, but not sure what that feeling was. Yeah. But as far as the clients go, you know, no. Yeah. 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 And then you just let them know, I strongly encourage you to get rid of this item. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, um, so if you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Carlene Eve Fisher Hoffman, who is the clutter doctor as well as a Reiki master. Um, and she's telling us a little bit about some of her, her fabulous stories about how, how she organizes as well as, uh, some of the different methods that she uses and, and how to, um, help people unhook from a lot of their really strong connections. Um, so, and you have, you have a really great blog post. Um, if you're just tuning in, you can go to clutterdoctor.com and check out more of, uh, Carlene's writings and, uh, work as well. Um, but you have a really great blog post about how organizing your kitchen can help you lose weight. And I just love that. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about how organizing your kitchen can help us lose weight? The connection with having an organized kitchen and losing weight is this. Once you have an organized kitchen, you can see into your cabinets and it's easy to find things, which means you're not fumbling around to get your dishes out or your pots and pans. And when something is easy to do, you're more likely to do it. So if it's easy to get that pot or pan out, you're more likely to get the pot or pan out, which means you're more likely to actually cook something at home because it's easier to do because your your kitchen's more organized. And streamlined. It's more streamlined. But then you want to talk about how can being organized help you lose weight? Come on, Carlene, what's all that about? <laughs> like, seriously, this is a little, you know, overkill. No, actually, it's not. So now we're talking about you've organized your pantry. Mm. So now your pantry's nice and organized. You know how much stuff you got in there. You know what you got. You know where to in the pantry to find it. So not only can you get that pot out, but now you know exactly, you know, your hypothetical, you know exactly where to get that pasta sauce and where to get that pasta and where are your spices that you want to put in the sauce. It's all right there. It's ready to go. And then when you're ready to go shopping, you know that you're down on pasta because you can see how much you actually have because you have an organized pantry. Yep. 
Absolutely. But pasta is not going to help you lose weight, though. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really yummy. <laughs> so it's really about kind of seeing where things are and having an organized, like, flow so that you want to spend time in the kitchen. And that, like, that that will help kind of incre- in, increase your health and, like, help you lose weight because you're you're just able to see what's, what's in front of you. Right. And then circling back around, when we were talking about how systems are different for everybody... that would be one of the areas that would be different for everybody. So the setup of your kitchen would be different for you as opposed to me, depending on how you use your kitchen. Hmm. Now I have some, you know, for me and my kitchen, I have, um, I live in an all vegan household and I have three other roommates. So we have kind of our, our kitchen is nicely sectioned off with our common things as well as our individual pantries. But I used to cook, um, I, sorry, I used to bake a lot more, uh, when I lived by myself. And now I have all these baking supplies that I have a hard time throwing out. What, do you have any advice for me? Like, should I just get rid of all of the baking supplies? Okay, Carlene is shaking her head now. <laughs> I just don't bake as much anymore. But it's also taking a huge amount of my pantry in the like bottom. It's kind of like all the way in the back bottom of my cupboard. Um, how can I? What what tips or advice would you have for me dealing with that that crucial space? So. I think based on your face and what you were telling me about the baking, it seems as though you'd enjoyed it at one time and you would enjoy it again. It's just that right now it's not important to you. Yeah. And I do know that baking supplies are expensive. They are. So what I would suggest is, so your pantry is what I would call prime real estate. Okay. And you would want to take those items out of your prime real estate and put them in another area that is not prime real estate. So I would take them, I would put them in a plastic bin, Mm -hmm. I would label the bin, and then I would store the bin somewhere that's not prime real estate, in the back of a closet, on top of a closet, in a basement, somewhere where it can get stored, but not, you know, not tossed, but not also tossed. not be, and so it's in a plastic container, so it would be more keep clean. Keep, yeah, keep it nice and clean. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. really good because I was just thinking about this that last couple of days, and I was like, I have all this space. Like the top, you know, is very easy. The middle shelf is, you know, it still has some some of my chilies and things like that in it. And then the bottom, there's like a, a whole zone which I don't use. And I was like, I'm gonna make sure I ask Carly about this. <laughs> <laughs> so you have tips and tricks for everything. I, oh yeah. I feel like. I could pick your brain all day. <laughs> um, so um, do you have any um, any other kind of methods uh, for like kitchen that you want to just kind of give that you kind of are, are handy little tips for, for people who live in, in kitchens, small kitchens that you would like to just throw out there? Sure. So one of the things that you have to remember is that there is more space than just the horizontal space that you're looking at you have to remember that you have vertical space as well. And you seem like you're right around the same height as me. Yeah, I'm 5'2". Yeah, so, you know, us short people seem to always look horizontally and forget about the space above. It, like, requires looking up. Yeah, (laughs) so don't forget about the space above. There's always that space. Um, If you're short like us, then you bring in a stool. Whoopee. Keep it somewhere, (laughs) easy access, ready to go. I even have a grabber at the house that I use in my closet. What's a grabber? 
it's a thing that you can get at a drugstore that has uh, a hook on the end to grab stuff with. Oh, yeah. oh like the ones that has a clamp yeah, that, on one side? Yeah, exactly. And then a long earth. pole? And yeah. then it has a... Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so be mindful of not only your horizontal space, but your vertical space. And also, I see this all the time, especially um, in the cupboards and in the pantry area. The... Just because your shelves are situated a certain way doesn't mean they have to be that way. So this is a perfect example. I'm working with somebody right now that just rehabbed their kitchen. And she has a pantry and the contractor put in three shelves. But in reality, that pantry could handle six shelves they just made the shelves like two feet apart from each other. So they were like, if you have tall cereal boxes, but maybe you don't need that whole. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you can always, you know, reconfigure that stuff, get a handyman in and, you know, put in a couple extra shelves. And then think about how you use your kitchen um, and where cabinets are located, um, um, spatial, uh, um, I swear I can like see your mind working right now. Yeah, like it's that, like things. popping out, like get yeah. it out. Okay, <laughs> so your what cabinets are close to the refrigerator and what needs to be stored there? What cabinets are close to your store, your stove, and what needs to be stored there? How do you use your kitchen? Are you a cook? Do you need to have things next to your stove? Fabulous. So just kind of being aware of all those little little tweaks can make a huge difference. Yeah, little tweaks can make a huge difference anywhere in the house. Little tweaks. Awesome. So um, where where can do you have any specific events coming up or where can people find you? Um, I do have an event coming up. Uh, I'll be doing a talk in, I believe, Northampton in a couple of weeks. And uh, people can find me on my website, www.clutterdoctor.com, but it's C-L-U-T-T-E-R-D-O-C-T-O-R.com. I'm also on Facebook under that same name, and my number is 413-525-7345. Fabulous. Um, And Carlene, do you have any last words of wisdom that you would like to throw out into the universe? Sure, I got two things. Um, Sort of a repeat from earlier that just a reminder that doing this type of work isn't about putting things in pretty baskets and bins. It's real work. It's physical. It's mental. It's hard work. It's emotional. It's emotional work. Um, It's not only the job for me to keep the client on task, but it's a listening job as well. And I want people listening to know that you should never be afraid to get help, whether it's with me or somebody else, that the people that do this type of work professionally are compassionate and do not judge. We are not concerned with how much or how little you have Um, and we're not concerned about your current situation. All we care about is that you call to get help so you can live the life that you're meant to live. Hmm, I love that. Because that's what we're all striving for, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Carlene, for coming on the show and sharing about your passions and and telling us some of your, your gritty stories about getting into people's homes and all the fun things you find in there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right. And um, and if you're just tuning in, of course, you can always come back to um, to my website and listen to this uh this recording with Carlene Eve Fisher Hoffman uh, or any other past episode of Energy Matters. So you can always go to ReikiNorthampton.com backslash radio and find all the archived episodes there. So um, so thanks again, uh, Carlene. And um, and yeah, if anyone is, is curious more about that work, like I said, you can go to ClutterDoctor.com. All right. Um, so I hope everyone has a great weekend. So be well. <laughs>